to the left of Loletta out of the shotgun. One second on the play clock. He gets it off. Loletta throws left corner of the end zone for Alonzo Russell, and he makes the catch for the touchdown. The Giants win it on the final play of the game. Wow. Kyle Loletta hitting Alonzo Russell in the left corner of the end zone. And the Giants come from behind to shock the Patriots in Foxborough. Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, presented by John Boy Media. Didn't think there was going to be much. This was supposed to be the last mailbag voicemail episode until week one. We don't have any voicemails because we're working out new technology and it didn't work out. So sorry if you left a voicemail. Maybe I'll reach out to everyone who did and just let them know. Like, hey, we didn't we didn't forget about you. Sorry about that. But we do have some mailbag questions. And we got some news today of no preseason or essentially news that is not official yet. No preseason games. Uh, official, no fans at MetLife this year. So a lot to be frustrated about, Justin. Justin, how are you? How's your weekend? Again, the difference between you and me, Bobby, is you get maybe frustrated and mad. I know you're a little, you're running a little hot right now, but I get sad. Um, I'm sad that I can't go to MetLife Stadium this year. Um, but I think it's something that I've just known and I've prepared. You know, I've even talked myself into the whole thing of, "Hey, you're probably you're probably going to opt out of your regular season tickets anyway." If there was an option to go to the games in the first place, uh, now I don't have to make that choice, which is good in a way because I would rather not have to make I would rather have that choice made for me instead of me having to make that choice um so we're coming in like we usually do with kind of two different mindsets uh you're mad frustrated I'm sad the games didn't affect me really at all one because I'm in Florida and I only go to one game right. a year but two I knew that we knew that was going to happen mm-hmm. like we all knew it was going to happen eventually I mean you know, Philly already did it. Like, we knew that was going to happen. So, they really didn't affect me. It was just like, hey, when are they going to make it official? They made it official. So, that really didn't change anything on me. Except for, um, you know, you're going to move to Florida, which we'll talk about in a second. But I'm pissed off about this no preseason and this 18-day ramp-up period by the players. I feel like the players did a horrible job. You know, they came out Sunday with the, we want to play. We care about our safety. And it's just rung so hollow, Justin. I mean, we've done our Giants story segments. These guys are out and about, mm-hmm. and they're not wearing masks, and they're practicing. And we saw guys like Russell Wilson, like, oh, my wife is pregnant, blah, blah. I was like, sounds good, but guess what, buddy? Two Less than two weeks ago, you were out working out with other players, no mask. And you know what one of the players was? Antonio friggin' Brown, who lives probably – like, you think Antonio Brown is social distancing? <laughs> Antonio Brown has probably been within it with, with around 100 people without a mask the two days prior to that. Really, so you didn't care about that then, Russell Wilson, so now you do. So it's not that, like, oh, like, these guys, I'm not doing the whole, like, you guys get paid million while people work in a grocery store, you should have to do. They make a lot of money, but they have leverage. But it's just hypocritical, and it rings hollow, and I feel like they're fighting for the wrong things. And it's not official, but they're going to get raked on money. You know they're going to get raked on money, and I feel like the owners have to be behind the scenes just laughing at the players. Like, <laughs> get rid of preseason? Have uh, less less padded practices, uh, eighteen days strength and conditioning. Sure, go ahead. Oh no, we don't want to use that. We don't want to lose that. All they care about is making the most money possible, and they're going to do that. They are going to. The players came out with their whole. We're, we just care about safety. We want to play. And the NFL said, "Okay, here you go. Here's everything you want. Now let's talk about money. And don't tell us it's all about safety when you do that." And I just feel like they're screwing. Like the top guys are screwing all out. The guys that are borderline guys, yeah. guys that are in position battles. And I know people are like, oh, well, preseason doesn't matter. Well, you can maybe make that argument, but when they have a three-week ramp-up period of just strength and conditioning, then it does matter. These guys aren't going to get really any real competition. And even in regular years, preseason does matter. You know what? Chad Wheeler is probably the swing tackle last year if there's no preseason games. That's when Nick Gates proved himself. Nick Gates went from behind Chad Wheeler to playing week one against Dallas, they were trying to they putting him on the field in heavy sets and on the goal line. Like that's what preseason can do. And practice, you can have competition in practice, but it's not the same as preseason because especially for like an offensive line position, I know we're talking Chad Wheeler, Nick Gates, because you know what, you're going up against the same guy every day and you learn those guys' moves. So Chad Wheeler probably does a lot better against uh, Lorenzo Carter 
than someone on the Bears who has the same exact talent level as Lorenzo Carter because he's used to that. And the less the less practices are 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 competitive, the easier it gets for a guy like an offensive lineman. And then we don't get like the competition between Austin Mack, Benjamin uh, Victor, and Derek Dillon. We said one of those guys was going to make the team. Now it's like, does any make the team? Right. Do they just run with Cody Core, Corey, uh, Cody Core, Corey Coleman, and David Seals, or or whoever else? I just feel like they're screwing each other over. Like and like, you don't let Nick Gates get a shot to practice at center. Like we said, we haven't seen him at center. Well, let's just give him a shot. We don't get to see that now. Ryan Connolly, his first action back from his ACL is going to be in a game. So Ryan Connolly, like he doesn't get to. We don't get to see what he's like in real game action. And practice is not the same, especially when they're cutting three weeks out of it. So there's just so many things that are frustrating about it. Selfishly, I want to watch preseason games. I really do. Like I, that is a selfish part of me. But I was able to get like say, okay, like one, two games. But it's like you guys are gonna be playing games two weeks later anyway. And if you're doing this acclimation period, and if this is as serious as you guys are t- saying it is, and you guys are social distancing on your own when you're home and quarantining, then it shouldn't be an issue. So I just it's just so frustrating to me. And I feel like it's just the top guys being like, we don't want to practice and we don't want to do preseason. And they're screwing over the bottom guys. I'll play a little devil's advocate here um, because the last kind of precedence that we have to a situation that's similar to this, and hear me out when I say that, uh, take your mind out of world problems right now and just think NFL problems. The 2011 lockout, the season after the Giants won the Super Bowl, you know, remember when, you know, Eli Manning was in the streets of Hoboken and, you know, they were all playing catch and stuff like that. They were on a football field in Hoboken and stuff like that. Those fun stories that we had back then, you know, think of that season and why, I think the players want like this extended activity and this extended time of having non-padded practices is because the season after the lockout, the regular season after the lockout, we saw a record, record number of injuries that year. So Bobby, I really think just throwing these guys in pads, like the, I know I, I understand that's not what you're saying. You know, maybe 18 days is a bit of a stretch in your mind. I think you understand that you can't just throw guys in pads you know, just a couple days into camp when they didn't have a spring workout and when they didn't have a, you know, mini camp OTAs, none of, none of that. But spring workouts and mini camps, they, they don't like get you ready for football, like playing. It doesn't help you against injuries. If you're not working out on your own, sorry, that's on you. Like, you know, I will play though. You get paid a lot of money. You should have figured out a way to work out. Okay. I get gyms are closed, but there's, you can't tell me. And we've seen these guys, they're out working out. They're out doing stuff. So if you're not ready, I feel like that's totally on you. Like you can't blame like that. I really think, and like I'm trying to think of a minor football player, practices suck. They're tough and they suck. And I feel like they're just like trying to get whatever they can. And I, yeah. and they're probably, I, I'm guessing on this, but they're probably going to get raked when it comes to money. Yeah, and but I what I do agree with, and I won't play devil's advocate on this, is your whole point about this makes zero sense for the non-starting 22 people on the roster. You know, basically for your starting 11 on offense and your starting 11 defense, sure, it makes sense for those guys. You know, I guess you're presumed starters to start the season. That's the issue. Is those guys, those are the guys who run the NFLPA. Yeah, but that's you're 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 leaving out, you know, I count let's count 10 guys on the practice squad. You're leaving out 40 players on a roster that are basically getting screwed over by this. And that's the thing that doesn't make sense when you take out those preseason games. Bobby, let's let's try to just put on our unbiased brain here for a second here. Is there even a sliver of chance that this could even be something that coaches are thinking as well? Like, hey, we have enough time in camp and we have watched enough film on this guy anyway, where we've evaluated everything and everything that we need to know. Is there even a sliver of chance? Because then your brain jumps to Victor Cruz, right? And where you know, he would have never came out of anywhere unless it was for that Jets preseason game. I don't think so because even when like the CBA stuff is happening and like when the CBA is happening, I'm all for the players. Get everything you can. But when the CBA stuff, the coaches are the ones like are very like vocal about like, hey, we don't want to miss practices. It's already ridiculous enough. We don't have two days anymore. You know, we only get so many padded practices a year and they always it just seems like the players are always fighting for the stuff that doesn't matter at the end of the day. Like I get practices suck. Two days do suck. But it's like, why? Like just fight for the money. Like that's when it comes down to. I was very pro payer in the CBA dealings. Like I was wanting them to get everything they could, fight for everything. But in this, man, I feel like they're taking advantage 
of this this corona. Like I really, I really do. That's how I feel as a customer of the NFL. I feel like they're taking advantage of it. I get there's no planning for this, and we're not in those meetings, so this is a lot of speculation. Yeah. But I'm just saying, as a customer and a fan, and not the whole like taking my analyst hat off, even though we're not analysts. That's how I feel. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. Yeah, and as a customer and a, and a fan, this is something that Bill Parcells has said before, and I've definitely probably said this on this podcast before. Bill Parcells had a quote. This is probably closer to the 2011 lockout than it is to 2020. But, you know, we love Bill Parcells. And the way that he watches football now, he's basically saying NFL teams aren't really ready to play football by the time November comes. Compared to the 1980s and the 1990s, you know, and the times that Parcells coached when you had those two days and when you had the necessary practices. And that, you can see that by the competition and the competitive level of each NFL team on the football field itself. So yeah, when you know again, that's why that's, you see offenses blow up week one. Yeah, and then as the season comes along, defenses start to catch up with those offenses. It's gonna. I, I I'm I'm just frustrated. Like, are they gonna be working out in the same gyms? Actually, I know maybe they're doing that separately. I don't know. Maybe that is something they're doing separately. I just it just doesn't make sense to me. And granted, we're not in the rooms and we're ignorant to a lot of this, mm-hmm. but. I'm I'm speaking as a fan, and I'm ticked off about the way this is all went down. Also, that they're being hypocritical is their whole like they all tweeted on Sunday like look at this. The NFL has no plan. Bull crap! The NFL has no plan. You guys just didn't agree to it yet. They had a plan. They gave to them because look, in 24 hours they have it basically all figured out health wise. So do you think they just they just put that all together in 24 hours? They had a plan. The players didn't agree to it. They went out, did their tweets to strong arm so they could get rid of preseason games and have a longer ramp up period. That's all it was. The NFL had their plan, and I didn't, I, I didn't say nothing about it. But, I, but like, I was just like, they have a plan. It's like you guys just haven't agreed to it yet. The thought that the NFL just didn't have a plan, like that, that just never made any sense to me. And you don't put together a health plan in 24 hours. Yeah, I jumped the gun a little bit, and I had like a you had the luxury of time, and I put together that kind of tweet. But then also. I guess uh, here we'll we'll spin zone it into actually something positive, Bobby, because I think we're 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 both kind of being negative Nancys right now. Moving to Florida? At, no, at least the NFL figured it out. Like it was from literally yesterday, where we were like, "Oh my God, what's going to happen?" And then it's literally today, where it's like, "Okay, at least they figured it out." It may not be, you know, yeah. t- uh, to a point where what we want, where there's no preseason, there's a huge ramp up period. Um, and let's be real about this, Bobby. We're talking giants here. We're not just talking football coming soon. Hopefully Um talking giants. Hopefully not that soon. <laughs> hopefully not that soon. Um talking giants here. All of these things that we're talking about, about the negative impacts of it, including no preseason, longer ramp up period, lack of time in pads. This is impacting the giants probably m- more than, 90% of football teams in the National Football League because everything is just so new for us. And why do I feel like every every few years I've really had a lot of fun saying that everything is so new for the Giants and we're going to be so disadvantaged coming into a season because of how new everything is. Um, I'm getting really kind of frustrated and tired of it, to be honest, but nothing we can do. So there's no games. There's no reason to be in New Jersey. Are you going to move down to Florida? <sighs> no. Why not? Yeah. What what is in New Jersey besides your family? We we really forgot all of these announcements that we were that we, we are going to get to that. We're going to get to that. <sighs> well, it it moved it, to it, Florida. Hashtag bully Justin the number two Florida. Hashtag bully Justin to Florida. My answer to the move to Florida uh, question lies in I want that trending. The announcements that we're going to give, like if we can reach a goal of something, then I will consider moving to florida and here's what it looks like by the way for me to consider to move to florida i'm gonna i'm gonna look at the sentence i will think of the sentence should i move to florida question mark i'm gonna think of it i'm gonna go hmm and there you go that's that's me considering it i know i could rent you a room for 150 bucks a week you get you a job you get you a nice little tan um i have a nice tan right now no you don't all right, so I guess let's do some announcements and then we'll go to mailbag. We're starting no, a Patreon. No. I still haven't I still haven't given my like feelings about why I'm sad about I can't go to Giants games this year. I need well, I need let's to do have the my announcements and then we'll do that cuz I just yes, I just please. blew the load on that. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, jeez, that's um, a bad line. Patreon patreon.com Did you hear slash, yourself? Yeah. I I tried to change it halfway through. Um 
patreon.com slash talking giants. We start a Patreon. It's $2 a month. $2 a month. So just we don't ask much from you guys. We really don't. Just $2 a month. I do it for a couple that are $2 a month. And I'm really like, listen, I, I can be tight on money. And that like never has like been an issue. And I've been there was one time I signed up for a Patreon and I I signed up for fifty dollars a month and I kept on getting screwed because it was coming out on the first of the month when I was trying to pay my bills and stuff. Mm. But two dollars a month don't it don't it don't change nothing. Um, I'll say that to the poorest of our listeners and we love I love the poor people more than rich people. But I'll say it to the poor people wow. you can you can afford the two dollars a month. So what we're gonna do? One simple stuff. Uh, we got those our greasy three shirts. They got removed um, within like an hour because of copyright. Um, so I got them as stickers, and so you'll get one of those. Um, we're going to be live streaming our episodes starting Tuesday. So Tuesday's Camp Battles preview, which will suck because we'll talk about Camp Battles, and they won't actually battle for two two friggin' weeks. That will be live streaming. So every like you know Tuesday, Friday episode uh, will be live streamed. And then when the season starts, we go three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Those will be all live stream. Also, the first nine... People, now you don't have to do it if you don't want to, but the first nine people who sign up and want to can join a fantasy football league with myself, Justin, and Danny, and we'll set up a draft. We can play it for money. Like we'll we'll figure that out um in the comments. And then, you know, you so you get the live stream, you get a private link, you're able to com- like comment, it becomes more community. Um, and you get a, you get put in a raffle for a free t shirt every month. So that's cool. Especially if, if so if you're one of the few that comes, you know, a pretty good shot at a free t shirt. And then once we hit another mark, we'll hit we'll do two free t-shirts. Or if we get Whoa. enough, we'll go to um like a jersey or something. And if we get to a hundred by time the season starts, Justin said he will move to Florida. No, I said a thousand, I would consider No, it. that's impossible. That's impossible. No, it's with not our impossible. download numbers that unless over fifty percent of our listeners jump in, like our our con- that's not that's not that is impossible by by September 9th or whatever it is. Nothing is impossible. Yes, it is. That is impossible. Nothing is possible. All right, but if you're not familiar with the term Patreon or what, if I what just, it is. I'll just take $500 and put it on a different account, and I will, I will send listeners each two bucks, 500 listeners, Jeez. and I will get us to 1,000. You, you you really want me around you that, that much, huh? I um, want the show to be good. I don't want to be around you to be oh, – honestly, oh I'm God. fine by myself, but I want the show to do better. Oh, God. Um really take that to heart i thought you thought you liked me somewhat bobby skinner but if you're not familiar somewhat, with patreon somewhat. is i like a lot of people somewhat i don't want to live i don't want to have them living across the street from me oh great oh i thought i'd be living with you that's not fun i don't know i've lived with roommates my whole life i am done with that done with that dunzo um it's patreon. literally the worst thing ever Can it I? never ends well P- patreon if you're not familiar with that whole concept uh, it's off of the idea of like patrons and uh, it's it's just basically a way to support like content creators. But we, as Bobby kind of laid out, between the different live streams uh, and incentives with shirts and being possibly being a part of a fantasy football league, um, it is a good way to just support us, but also get some behind the scenes stuff stuff as well. I just want to um, do that. Like I just want to have like behind the scenes stuff and yeah. be more close to the community. Like the two dollars a month is cool, but like. I don't like. I don't know how many we're gonna get. Like, it's not like we're gonna probably lose money <laughs> the first couple months on this damn thing. Like, I already spent money on those stickers, mm-hmm. the shirt. Like, we'll probably lose money. I just, I just want to do it. I think it's fun. What's the so link? do it? Two dollars a month. Um, one, the link is in all of our bios. Um, it's Patreon, p a t r e o n, dot com slash talking giants. So it's not talking with a G. Talk. It's just like the show, TalkingGiants.com. Perfect. So go sign up. It's $2 a month. And our first live stream will be so next Monday night. So Monday, when you're listening to this Monday night, we will be having yep. our first live stream. Yep. And that it'll be big against games because, like, one, we already have our episodes out before anybody when it comes to post game. But, like, you know, it's Sunday night. Like, you don't want to listen to the fan anymore after the game. You just tune in with us. Sunday nights mm-hmm. after games, we'll be recording. And there also will do Q and A. Like we'll have Live like reaction. some loose, like some loose, like conversations that aren't like, all right, this is my calculated take. Like we can see how we work through takes and stuff. So, yep. so do it. Just do it. Um, but bu- 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 what else? Um, oh yeah, five star ratings on the Apple Podcast app. Um, I haven't asked espe- for that in a while either. Es- yeah, especially I. You know, with we're gonna launch this Patreon. You know, we wanna we wanna look good. Well, I think we're almost at 250 right now. We want to push. We want to get to 300 before the season. So if that 
can happen. If you can help make that happen, that would be great because we love each and every one of you. Um, we used to say that's the best way that you can support us, but now that's the second best way you can support us. If you can't afford the $2 a month for the Patreon and you feel bad about it, then leave us a five-star rating and leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. And even if you haven't left one in a while, Bobby Skinner, this is always a good, a good little tip too. Even if you haven't left one in a while, you can refresh your rating, leave a new one, um, tell us how mad you are that there's no preseason games. That's a good, that's a good thing. I like when they talk about us though. Like, I don't want to be talking about my about preseason games. Um, the most recent one is a five star. I love the guy cause I actually agree with him, but mm-hmm. it's like, what the hell are you guys doing with episode 169? And I agreed with him. Like you guys went nuts. The one episode, you know, dad leaves for one episode and you guys go nuts. Yeah. Um, dad, I don't like it was that. a five star cause the guy li- likes us. So. I like that about our listeners is they can disagree with us mm-hmm. and also like us. And we like you guys. So um, even when I disagree with you. All right. So you had some, would you had some more takes? Well, um, well it's, I want to, I want to get to the stadium stuff, but also I want to read and I kind of want to summarize. There was a 31 page document, or I guess it's not even a document. It's very, it's very, it was very easy to read. There was a 31 page document with, Nice little, nice little graphics and not a lot of words, which is nice for NFL players and myself. That the NFL PA and the NFL like co-wrote, and I think they all sent it out to players, but also the public has access to it too. So there's three different things that I'm going to be kind of breaking down that are kind of significant. One is is if you test positive for COVID, because I think that's one of the biggest questions right now. What if a player tests positive for COVID-19? What happens after that? What's the procedure? So there's three different things. We're going to break down the return to facility, the return to play, and then also maybe media engagement since there's going to be, we're not going to have access to training camp. You know, what's, how much is the media going to engage and how much access is the media going to have so we can actually see what's going on in training camp and see what's going on before the season. That's going to be a huge thing. So I'll kind of do this very quickly. Um, the return to facility following a positive test, but you're asymptomatic. You have to be 10 days have passed since the initial positive test, or five days have passed since the initial positive test and received two consecutive negative PCR virus tests, which PCR virus tests, that's the nasal swab, at least 24 hours apart within that five-day period. Um, And then you also need to have the clearance from the team's club head team physician. Uh, The return to facility following a positive test, but you're symptomatic. At least 10 days have passed since symptoms first appeared, and at least 72 hours have passed since the last experienced symptoms, and again, clearance from the team's head position. Uh, The return to play, players who have tested positive and recovered or who have tested positive for antibodies will undergo additional cardiac screening, and this is following a mild symptomatic infection, complete a minimum three-day progressive exercise protocol under team medical staff supervision with appropriate clinical monitoring. And then following a moderate to severe infector, it's recommended seven days or equal to twice the duration of the hospitalization if it was something more major. Um, And then media engagement, uh, media access, it's going to be limited during the 2020 training camp and preseason self-explanatory. Media personnel, they're going to have to follow the NFL and NFLPA medical and facility uh, protocols. And in-person interviews with players will not be permitted until further notice, which is probably the most significant part. Interviews must, uh, must occur virtually. There you go. Sounds like a bunch of boring stuff. It's it's uh, kind of important though because I think the question that's it it's going to happen. Somebody's going to test positive, right? It God willing, important. you don't hope it happens, but somebody's going to test positive eventually, and that's what happens. If it's there's there. one, pl- if there was like early mailback question, if there's one player in the Giants that you, if one player asked to get the COVID, which one would it be, would you want it to be? Oh God, this is, I don't want to, I don't want to say my, my, my answer that I first thought of in my brain because it'll be really, it's really effed up. I mean, no matter who you answer, it's going to be effed up. Well, it it would, but then especially, dude, that is way, that is like, we should edit this out of the podcast (laughs) effed up. I'm not even joking. I cannot believe you just said that out loud. I can edit it out. That is horrible. Bleep it out. Just bleep it out. Boy, I'm not gonna I told you it was that. bad. I can't believe you answered it anyways. I didn't think you'd be, I didn't think you'd have the balls to answer it. Cuz it's bad with with yeah. Mhm. That is the most selfish thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> um I was trying to do like a funny segment and you took it there. All right, let's take you are you good? Can we take a break and go to mailbag? No, I need to talk about how sad I am about not going to Giants games. All right. 
Um, I hope you get it, honestly, after saying that. Yeah. You just ask for five-star reviews and you do something. <laughs> You're out of your mind, dude. BJ Hill. I don't mind if BJ Hill gets it. That's who you said. You know, wink, wink. That's who I said first, yeah. Um, Bobby, <laughs> Why don't you say, like, Rice and John or somebody? Someone that's well, not even going to make it there anyway. He's going to be cut anyway, so that's why. Exactly. <sighs> I was going to say John Hillman, so Darius Slayton could make fun of him for it. Oh, God. Um, we don't hope anybody gets it, by the way. Um, no. Just want to make that sure. Make that no. clear. But maybe we'll only make those jokes with Patreon for now on. Yeah. Those people can handle it a little better. All right. Boy. All right. Go ahead. All right. Um, Tell I'm how sad. sad you are. This, yeah. This is the first time since 2007 since I have not attended a Giants game. Now, granted, I know a lot of you or some of you who may be listening. I've been attending Giants games since Yankee Stadium. I love those people when they call into sports radio and they tell and they base their intelligence off of what year they started to become a fan. I, those are my favorite kinds of people. So, um, But anyway, neither here nor there. I've been attending Giants games since 2007. This will be the first season, most likely, that I will not be attending a Giants game since then. I said this line to Bobby before, and I really like it, so I'm going to say it again. Uh, some people go to church on Sunday. I go to MetLife Stadium, and I go to Giants Stadium. I go to church on Saturday. You go to church on Saturday. So, so That's why God so, made the Sabbath on Saturday, so we could watch football mm, on Sunday. Wow, that's ooh, think about, love that. Think about think about that. Two good lines we should put on a cert. Um, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. Yeah, I'm just so rattled by your Corona take. I, I, I'm not. I let, can I finish my how sad I am? Okay, thank you. Why you love going to Giants games and why I love going to Giants games is literally like from the moment you wake up in the morning. You know, most likely maybe sometimes the car is already packed. You already have the grill in it. You already have your tailgating kit already in and you know you just got to pack up the cooler with some with some burgers with some drinks etc 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 and that's the only thing you have to do or or if you're like me some days because i've gotten lazy these last few years i've packed the car in the morning but regardless from the moment you wake up on sunday to the moment you put the car in park when you get home all you think about is giants football you know when you're sitting at home i have a feeling that maybe some deadlines creep in your brain, like, oh, if you have something to do for Monday or if you're thinking about work. If you're sitting at home, those things may creep into your brain, you know, especially if you have work to do for um, work the next day on a Sunday and Giants football's on. But if you're at the stadium, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. And it is holy, not to keep on bringing up church, but it is, it's it's a holy experience. I want to go that far. Don't you downgrade my lived, lived experience, Bobby Skinner. Don't you dare do that. So the fact that we won't have that this year and the fact that I won't have that this year, that, you know, that things will creep into my brain, my my crappy life will creep into my brain on Sundays when I am home, that makes me sad. As opposed to when I'm at MetLife Stadium with my best buds or with one of my friends and we're just tailgating and we're chilling around a great time, uh, when you don't think about any of that, that makes me sad and I'm going to miss it. I mean, I'll miss it too. I was hoping the fight Baker Mayfield this year. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen, um, so I, I will miss out on that. But you know what? There, I'll find a way. It's going to happen eventually. Positive is I get to work from home all all sixteen games. That that is a positive. You have me home, working for you, Bobby. Skinner, yeah, all I'll have you te- games. have you have you texting me? That's the last thing I want during having during games is you trying to text mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, Did you see that? Yankees Phillies tied two to two. It was weird seeing Girardi in the in the red. Ronald Torres, Neil Walker, Didi Gregorius, David Robertson. Uh... We're not Mets trolls, by the way. We are Yankees fans, but we are not Mets trolls. No, I don't. I, I like the Mets. I kind of got behind them in 2015 when they finished in second place. And they've been celebrating like they finished in first place ever since the, they finished in second place. You just, so that like was a Mets. backhanded compliment. Don't That's a backhanded compliment. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll, uh, we'll do some mailbag questions. Mail time. Mail time. All right, thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. First question on Twitter. All things Giants at Giants. Thanks. Outside of the Baker situation, what are each of your biggest roster slash position concerns at this moment? Justin, I'll, I'll let you start it off. Okay, yes. So my biggest, that the Baker situation is my biggest worry because that also seeps into the free safety spot as well. 
Uh, it seeps into quarterback, cornerback number two, slot corner, free safety. Um, lots of bad things. But also, I would guess the tackle situation, the left tackle, right tackle spot. Because I think Bobby and I, we've we've quietly said this on the show, but I don't think we've ever tweeted it out yet. Which, Bobby, I think we do need to tweet it out at some point that we are starting to think about this. Because Nate Solder is probably going to play left tackle. And Andrew Thomas is probably going to start no, at right not tackle. That I did tweet it out. I said uh, it'll be my first time I disagree with Joe Judge oh, if that happens. That, but you said if that happens, but I think that we both need to have the take that even though we don't want it to happen. Don't tell me what kind of take I need to have. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Gosh. By the way, I've been watching film. Of, you know, we're doing our player profile previews. We're recording. You know, we're trying to get them a few done early mm-hmm. um, for nights like this where we get busy all of a sudden and we don't have time to do it. And I've been watching the offense again, and it's just every – it's like Nate Solder was so bad last year. So don't let anybody tell you that he had the great pass block win rate. He sucked, dude. And, it, like, he was so bad. So, so bad. Um, class, pass block win rate is not a real stat, and that's coming not. from somebody who likes stats. So Yeah. Just put it this way, and I know I've said this on the show. I'm repeating it. Pass block win rate is, uh, is based off holding your block for two and a half seconds. The fastest trigger in the NFL is Andy Dalton, and it was longer than two point five seconds. So, those don't equal those don't those don't work out if you're getting a pass block win rate and you're getting the guy with the average quickest trigger is still longer than that. And some players are meant. I know it's a wild concept, but some players are are meant to be uh, not quick hitting. That's why it's an average. Uh, a smoke a smoke route is it's not designed to take as long for a post wheel combination. It just some plays are designed. I know it's a crazy concept, but some plays are designed to be longer than others. It's ironic that analytics really likes like CPOE, which is completion percentage over expected, and it looks at like depth of target, and it likes you know players that and quarterbacks that have like big depth, you know, target depths, and they like to push it downfield, but also have like higher completion percentage. So it's ironic that analytics likes that, but then they'll also some now this is some people I'm not saying analytics in general I'm not I'm not a bit I don't like to generalize things but it's yeah, also just like ironic 95% of them but it's also ironic how some people also will then fault quarterbacks for holding on to the ball and try to make bad tackle play like trying to put a little bit of whipped cream on top and, so and I watched him get sense. spun around and hold on the same play yesterday that was and fun. I watched him get like I was watching Caden Smith and a little quick preview I was so impressed with his blocking against Green Bay, and then I watched Nate Solder go against the same guys and just get destroyed. So my answer to the question, he kind of took away the answer with the cornerback situation because, like, safety I'm okay at. Yep. I guess I'm not going to say tackle because I do trust in Tom. Like, I trust in Thomas, and I know Solder is not long-term, so I don't, I'm not, like, panicked about it. And, you know, Jones was able to do what he was able to do with Solder last year, which was, you know, the worst left tackle production in the NFL. So... I will say inside linebacker number two because I'm not a big David Mayo believer. I think he's solid for what he's asked to be as a depth piece. Um, but Ryan Connolly, uh, Ryan Connolly, you know the ACL. I don't, I don't know what to expect. I love Connolly. Oh, if yeah. it, like I don't know what to expect out of him. And then after that, you have Cam Brown. Is he going to play inside linebacker? Tay Crowder's a guy I love, but I mean, hell, is he, he going to make the roster? Make the team. Like, we don't. No. We don't, He might. He might be someone who's negatively affected by this. So. Um, I mean, Tay Davis, he made his way onto the roster through, you know, practice squad or through, um, you know, uh, preseason and training camp. Tay Crowder doesn't really get that this year. I get, you know, I get he was drafted in the seventh round, but he doesn't really get that. So uh, I, I'll say inside linebacker number two would probably be my biggest question mark. Okay. Gazman, Gazman, superstar. Superstar. Which notable players do you think will be gone this time next year? Baker seems a given. Personally, I think Wayne Gallman is on borrowed time, and Nate Solder needs a hell of a year, and another lengthy injury surely pushes Engram towards the exit. Which notable players do you think you'll be gone this time next year? Bobby Skinner, I answer the first question. I'll send it to you first. Well, Gallman is definitely one. Uh, Solder, I guess you would count him as a notable player. I expect him to be gone. I hate to give away so much from our Caden Smith PvP, but man, I, just, I watched him again, and I... I'm falling in love. Like the Jason Witten, I know we always like predict our guys to be a little better than what they actually might be, but I really like what I saw to Caden Smith. Um, and the Jason Witten like comparisons, they don't seem far fetched to me. They really don't. I like what I see out of him. So I think 
Ingram just may be expendable. And if they make the decision, even if he like, plays this year, and he's so good. Like, he when he plays, he's good. He, like, averages, like, over 100 yards per game at times, you know, through, like, stretches in the season. Um, but if he's not, like, excellent and if blocking is an issue, I can see them being like, hey, we're not going to resign this guy in a year. Let's trade him and get the value, the best value we could get right now. That being said, Evan Ingram's a freaking awesome player, and I don't want to remove him. Um, but I, I guess I'll go the easy one would be Nate Solder. I'm like other guys, it could be Zeitler. I, I don't, I don't see him being gone. There'd be no reason to get, get rid of him early. QB running back. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, it's Solder. What about Dalvin? Do you think Dalvin could be on that list? Dalvin could be on that list, and that's unfortunate because this team has been known to not resign like really good defensive tackles, and largely it's it hasn't really come back to bite them because. Uh, the Giants have been defensive tackle you with uh, with just hey we hey we we let go of one defensive tackle we're eventually going to draft another good defensive tackle Linville Joseph turned into Jonathan Hankins so uh, Jonathan Hankins turned into you know the crop of defensive tackles that we have now so not very uh, concerned about that I mean Dal- it's going to suck because Dalvin Tomlinson especially was really good with Leonard Williams Leonard Williams could be gone too which gosh what a bad trade um, but I I agree with Gazman about Wayne Gallman. Uh, Evan Ingram, especially if Evan Ingram does have a good year, the cap could uh, decrease. Now, the Giants are in a pretty good situation cap-wise, but especially if a Saquon extension could be on the horizon, uh, Evan Ingram in terms of uh, being a priority to re-sign him, especially considering also he's not a Dave Gettleman guy, he could be a guy that's possibly gone. Yeah. That being said, Evan Ingram's awesome when he's healthy. That's a big if, but when he is healthy, he is a game-changer. Yes, all right, next question comes from Reddit. Da, 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 do. Reddit what, do. what impact would no preseason have Or Danny have would on... say, Riddle deedle do. Yeah, I don't. He, he definitely watches The Office. But what impact would no preseason have on Daniel Jones? Uh, I have a simple answer for this. Bobby, I think you, know, you would be kind of more qualified to answer this, but I have a simple answer. I think it would very much help if he had preseason alive, any kind of live action before it actually counts, to make changes and make adjustments at the line of scrimmage, uh, especially on like first down on running downs. If there's a stacked box that's in front of Daniel Jones with six guys, seven guys or more audibling out of that stacked box and out of that look, and then audibling to a pass and making those adjustments at the line of scrimmage. I think that's something that Daniel Jones kind of, Either he was coddled into not doing it in 2019. I think he had to be coddled. I think we don't know. Like there was audible calls later in the season, but it was like, dude, we're just running into eight man boxes like crazy. I don't know what it was, and I I think it was like, I don't know, like he got one play call in the huddle, and that was it, and he wasn't given that first. Like maybe it was just like first down, he didn't have that freedom. Or sure, I don't I don't know what happened. I'm not gonna guess. Um, that I actually don't see that happening in the preseason because you're not gonna make a ton of audibles. I that is something I think you can actually work on in the camps and practices. I think it's more of like he has been working. He's always been working on ball security. But in training camp, you don't have to worry about pressure at all, like at all. So if you could go and get him 50 reps of dealing with pressure and holding on to the ball, like he fumbled in preseason last year twice, mm-hmm. of just getting more comfortable getting those reps when you're actually having to worry about a defensive line that's going to hit you and not just going to run past you, uh, I think that would be the biggest thing. And obviously, you know, the the basic stuff of, you know, reading defenses in year two. But I, I would say that because – that kind of stuff is like we said about you know when the season was over. It's like just putting in the effort and just making it like second nature to have two hands on the ball or to when you know to feel pressure. So he doesn't really get that option because in practice you don't feel pressure at all, right? And we saw last year like the against like like the offensive line did really well last year in preseason. Besides Nate Solder, he got he got Jones and Eli hit a couple times. I don't think Eli actually, but Jones got hit a few times. But like. I remember coming out of preseason last year and being very impressed. And you know what? Mike Remmers, I liked him last year. I know he wasn't the greatest, but I thought he was good. Seitler was solid. Hernandez, is, as much as it was a down year, he was adequate. And then Jalapio, you know, you're not getting a bunch of t- like crazy blitzes in preseason. But they did a good job, and we saw Daniel Jones complete like over 80% of his passes. Like it was the best preseason we've ever seen, basically. Uh, <laughs> so, like, when he has like, protection and not worrying about, like, being hit like that kind of stuff is there so basically that like the you know manipulating the pocket and you know having that ball control and it's a shame because one of the things that 
I think one of the things that are now coming up again with Daniel, a take on Daniel Jones's 2019 season, and in terms of evaluating that, is that hey, he did not have the first reps, um, the first team reps throughout the spring and throughout That's the summer. Thing. It was all it was all Eli Manning, and then here Daniel Jones just is thrown in there week three. Okay, now you take the reins as 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 the number one starter, which someone you know known as me was hollering for last season that we should just start. I, I know you can't do it to Eli Manning, but for the better of the franchise, would have been better for the franchise if Daniel Jones just got the first day reps and he just started the season anyway. I wanted it to be an open battle, and it it wasn't that. Yeah, um, but anyway, not to not like he to didn't dwell. get any first team reps. Besides, in the actual preseason games, he got some first team reps, but like in practice, he wasn't getting any. No, but not to dwell on that. But anyway, it's that's a kind of a negative part again this year, where he's not getting the full experience of being the number one starter with the full spring and with the full summer. So that kind of sucks. Um, next question. He's out working out with the cats, Cam Newton, Odell, all them guys. He's he's working out. It's weird. They don't care about Corona out there, but at least Jones didn't tweet. Thank you, Daniel Jones, for not tweeting. Well, there were some pictures that came out today with uh, Barkley, Shepard, and Jones. I think they were all working out together. So Where? I didn't see those pictures. And Saquon, stop text tweeting at 2 in the morning. What are you doing up, dude? <laughs> Maybe he's, he's in California. 11 a.m. Uh, 11 p.m. Is he actually in California? That's, uh, that's my guess. Because I'd be like checking Twitter at like 10 a.m. And it'd be like, Saquon Barkley seven hours ago. It's like, what are you doing, dude? I think he's in California. Let's just let's just go with that. When he puts his head down to sleep. All right, next also question. Also, it's their off season. They can be out late. I don't yeah. care. In next question at B Sean twenty three. If you could choose one player outside of Daniel Jones to have an All Pro season, who would it be? You answer. I answer the last question first. You answer this one. Easy answer is Saquon, right? Yeah, I throw Evan Ingram in there, and then I would even throw Dalvin Tomlinson in there. You think Dalvin Tomlinson will get the recognition on a team with Leonard Williams and 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 uh, Dexter Lawrence? He's going to get the snaps. He showed that he can put the pressure on the quarterback last year. All that he would have to do is just maybe increase those sacks a little bit. Saquon's the easy answer, but a not easy answer. I'll say James Bradbury. Hmm. I yeah. think he, I like he is awesome. I love James Bradbury. It's you know, I get that he only he he replaces Janoris Jenkins, so it doesn't make the team like exponentially better, but like. Cornerback is a position to worry about. Bradbury, I have zero worries about. And he gets he could get interceptions too, you know, and that's big for that. So gets, you know, shuts down some big guys, get some interceptions. We win a few games, James Bradbury. But Saquon's the easy bet. You think Peppers has a shot? Yeah, I do think Peppers does have a shot, but I, I went Bradbury over him. Peppers would have to get a few picks in there too. Yeah. And if he's, he's at free safety. Of. If he's at free safety, there's a better chance I think that he gets a Few picks than strong safety. If he gets four interceptions, then Jabril Peppers could be all pro. Right on. KG at K double N G Y N R. How do you envision the chances of Corey Coleman actually, actually, finally making an impact when given the opportunity this year? Now I'll Weird. say almost, I will say very greatly. Now that mm-hmm. we don't have a preseason and not real training camp, I would have installed it as the number four wide receiver right now. Yeah. And yeah. I was going into the season not putting any like hope into Coleman. Like I told my, it was one of those guys you can tell yourself, let me if he does something good, let it surprise me. I'm on the opposite end now. I, I think Coleman ends up being the number four wide receiver. It's not going to be Cody Core. Um, are they going to trust one of those three guys off the bat? Um, you know the Ohio State guys or Derek Dillon, um, Sills. Like, you know he didn't work with this coaching staff, so I I think Coleman probably is, and Coleman. Actually, Pete played a couple weeks with New England, didn't he? Special team. So, he ended up getting cut. But maybe there's some kind of relationship there with Judge. But Coleman was like the talk of camp and OTAs. Like, he's talking with yep. the coaches and stuff like that. And he tore his ACL. That was, that was very depressing. Because I thought Coleman was going to be the number three guy over Cody Latimer to start the year. Because we, we didn't have that high expectations for Slayton quite yet. Yeah, he definitely was on track. And just knowing how slow and sluggish and you want to talk about I, I i talk about receivers that don't get separation on this podcast all the time you want to talk about a receiver that doesn't get separation cory cory latimer is you open up the you open up the dictionary cory latimer's pictures right there his yeah, name's cory, not even cory either it's cody oh i i said it wrong bad pot great podcasting it's a cory latimer you mix the two mix the two um cody latimer 
yeah, how do I envision the chances of Corey Coleman actually making an impact? The, the chances have exponentially gone up. And Bobby Skinner, I think, explained it perfectly. I always do, baby. So we have... Um, oh, there's a thread with our favorite page, Pinstripe Strong. But we're not sucks. I mean, pin, no, not Pinstripe Strong. Pinstripe Blue. We love yeah. Pinstripe Strong. That's one of those strong. guys that like he sucks, but I'll, I'll just reply to him every time. Just be like, yeah. "You suck, dude." I blocked him. I got tired of it because I I interacted with him throughout the 2018 season too. So I have an I have an extra season under my belts, and I just had enough. When we I first started him. getting followers, he'd be in my mentions, and I would be yeah. like, "Oh, someone talking to me." Yeah. And then no. very quickly, I was like, "This guy, he's a he's just a jerk," and and on top of that, he's dumb. We love Pinstripe Strong, John Boy Media, but Pinstripe Blue, not a fun page. Um, so this is enter name here at enter name here 33. Specifically for you, Bobby, I'm not allowed to answer this. Would Bobby be down with signing Marcus Golden long term if he has another double digit sack season? There's a good chance that this person that they, they yeah, they do follow me. So there's a good chance that this person would already know my answer because my answer would be yes, because I have a personal bias to Marcus Golden. Yes, and I said when free agency started, I had Golden in my free agency like mock-up plan at three years, eight and a half mil. Now, if we can get him at less than that, which we surely can, I would be fine with that. And obviously, like maybe you know a way to uh, a possible out after the second year or something like yeah. that. But Golden has he's proven himself to be a productive player. And don't yeah. hit me with cover sacks when we had like the worst coverage in the NFL. So. That that makes me happy. It's like if this guy's getting covered sacks with the worst coverage in the NFL, that means he's going to get a ton if we get put together even even a decent coverage. And that was my like when I watched Golden in Arizona, my thing was like, hey, he's, is he going to go against the top tackle and be the best pass rusher? No. But if you make a mistake, you put a running back on him, a tight end on him, he's going to dominate. And that's what Golden did. He took advantage of opportunities. And we're not good enough on defense to say no to guys because no. they're not versatile enough. No, exactly. Now, the Joe Judge philosophy, and the this even goes back to the Bill Belichick philosophy of paying edge rushers, they don't like, they flat out just don't like to do it. They would rather pay their corners. They would rather, you know, extend McCourty for as, you know, as much money as, as he needs to be extended and things like that than pay the edge rushers. But what would we like to do? If, if Would Bobby Skinner extend him? Would I extend him? Absolutely. Because what you have seen from Marcus Golden when he is healthy, you know, so let's let's take out the year that he tore his ACL, and then even the year after that you tore your ACL, because this is from fantasy football data. Fantasy football data shows, and I think I've said this before, fantasy football data shows that a player, not one year after they tear their ACL, but two years after they, t- they tear their ACL, their bodies are like in prime condition. That's when they have their best production. Marcus Golden, 2019, that was the second year that he was coming off that ACL injury, had the best production throughout his entire career. But even in Arizona, the pressures that he would produce, the the quarterback hits that he would produce, all of those kind of low-key underrated stats that aren't necessarily sacks, he would produce in those spots. And this is why I think Leonard Williams is going to have a good year because pressures and quarterback hits and those things, they're better predictors of sacks, even if the sack number is low. Those stats are better predictors of sacks than flat out maybe having a 15-sack year, but you only hit the quarterback 20 times. But if you have a five-sack year and you're hitting the quarterback 25 times, you're more likely the next year to have a much better season sack production-wise. So I don't really care, Bobby, if Marcus Golden had X amount of sacks when he wasn't even touched, or X amount of sacks where he was barely touched or he was going up against the tight end. Maybe, hey, maybe it's good scheming for one, you know, for for, for crying out loud. Which, when do we ever, ever have good scheming? If Marcus Golden is the guy that's benefiting off of that, let him benefit off of it. He puts up up the production. That's what you want. Yeah, it's mind-numbing. And it goes with every position, like every position, people just fall in like, well, this guy has this talent. It's like, yeah, but he doesn't produce. Okay, a perfect example of that is Josh Allen, Sam Darnold. I like what Sam Darnold like coming out of the draft. I like Sam Darnold more than Josh Allen. But you'll have people, and maybe and like Sam Darnold very well may be better than Josh Allen in the long run. But there'll be three years from now, and if Josh Allen's still more productive than Sam Darnold, they'll be like, yeah, but he's he's a little inaccurate, <laughs> making snarky remarks, and it's like. Okay, but we're five years in, and the guy produces like a lot more than the yeah. other. It's it's people just kind of it's take lock, and it's like stop looking at traits and look at production. And yep. Golden produces. Right Do on. we have any more questions? 
Uh, no, believe that is it. What? I'm gonna have to double check. I don't. I don't trust you. That was six. Six questions. Josh Allen is also. I. I. I cannot emphasize enough how Josh Allen's legs is how much of a weapon that is for him. He uses them a lot. He also just has a much better roster surrounded him too. Probably a little bit of better coaching, better system that actually doesn't have better receivers. Better coaching that can adjust to his flaws as opposed to Darnold, where bad coaching, bad franchise, bad system. Yeah, when are we gonna stop making excuses for Darnold? Buffalo. I mean, look at Buffalo's offense. Are you blown away? Like they had Frank Gore starting most of the season, and their best wide receiver was John Brown. He didn't have much around. Like the Jets had better weapons. Le'Veon Bell and Robbie Anderson. Um, and Josh Allen, I do agree. Josh Allen uses his legs a ton. Like, it's unbelievable how much, how quick he is to use his legs. So, I, I'm yeah. not even a Josh Allen fan, really. Uh, I don't think Josh Allen's going to be great. It's just the point that people will just pick traits over production until they go to the, until the grave. I guess that is it. Yeah. We'll see you Friday. Yeah, Friday, where we should have a, a fun episode. Maybe like fantasy football related. I guess so. I don't want to say anything until we say it. Um, all right. We'll see you on Friday. Sign up for Patreon. Do it. Come on. It's $2 a month. It's literally half of what my coffee costs every morning. And I get, listen, I spend, you know, almost four bucks a day on coffee, but it's my thing. My, my boss offers me like, hey, you want coffee? Nope. Sorry. I'm going to get my coffee, dude. It's too hot out here to be drinking hot coffee. I want my iced coffee. So $2 a month. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Friday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.